0: Radio. Hello folks. I'm here today. Uh I I'm I'm back. I'm back. I, I started my audio blog. Let's see, I started it uh last week and I thought I was gonna be able to do it every day, but my life this journey is much more than I thought. Plus I didn't have my sweet microphone, which I have right now. And uh I it, it makes it a little bit easier. But I wanted to do this audio this audio blog about my journey with my mother because I think it's really important for everybody to know. I mean, it's an, it's it's really it, it's it's really a, a tough journey, and the more I talk to people who are uh, in it, going through it, it's. It's, it's amazing what how fast you have to keep running in uh, in order to keep up with what's going on with your loved one. Uh, you know, and I do a lot of work. This is a lot of work that I do, uh, working with people, with families who find their loved ones and having to move their loved ones into a nursing home or, or assisted living or nursing home. And it, it it it's stressful. It's stressful. But having it be your own parent and seeing it through those eyes is like I'm seeing the complete picture now because the emotional dynamic is pretty intense. You know, last week um, I I rushed off. Uh, I lived in Seattle and I rushed off to New Mexico where my mother is because I got the call that she was deteriorating. So in my last blog, I talked about putting her in hospice, which was the greatest decision I ever made. This hospice that I'm using, Amber Care in Santa Fe, New Mexico, is superb. They actually do what they say. They call me. They're right there. They're they're very supportive. But my mother, my mother, because she had this stroke a while uh, a year ago, uh, she she never really recovered. Uh, she had a great a personality change, and she's had very poor balance. So, consequently, as she's begun to decline in the last two months, we've, you know she falls a lot. Well, she falls a lot of times. She just slips off the bed, you know, because she just sort of doesn't have the strength to stand, or she can't grab her walker. And so she slides off the bed and then she's she or she slides off her chair and they find her sitting on the floor. Well that that's designated as a as a as a fall. And so the institution where she is says that uh, which is called El Castillo, uh <clears throat> designates all of those as a fall, and they say they have to report that to the state. So Nobody, you know, none of these places, they all want to kind of have these clean records. So every t- if they have one person having a lot of falls, they don't want the state saying, well, what are you doing about it? Which is what her doctor said, what are you doing about it? But they don't really, they don't really designate the difference between falls and they've never actually seen her fall. But she told me once that she was just sliding off at times. The problem is, is when my mother actually does have a fall, which does happen with many, many elderly, she, her skin is so thin, it's like tissue paper, just kind of rips. And that's been that way for a long time now. Prior, even prior to the stroke, she was always bruised somehow. And she's not on blood thinners, but she was bruised or, or her skin would tear. And it was just like sort of a constant drama that we lived with. And we sort of, Oh, I'd always be like, "Oh, ma, you got a bruise. What'd you do? Knock yourself again? Knock against the wall?" And that's how it could be. But so, so the so so they report all these as falls. And so you know that. So the other day, I mean, I was there with the doctor. The hospice doctor came to see my mother, and the nurse, the hospice nurse, was there, and my mother's uh, caregiver, one of her caregivers, is there. And we were chatting, and the and that night, because we started her on some new medicine, which actually wasn't very good for her, uh, she had fallen three times, two which were slips and one which was a real fall because she had some extra bruises and some new cuts, a little bruise on her face, which she doesn't usually get. You know, it's concerning. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it, but you kind of got to see it for what it is. And so we're in the room, and the and the... And the director of nursing, who I thought I had a good relationship, comes storming in, and that's the only thing I can say is she stormed in, and she said, uh, "You know, I'm and in front of my mother, who now my mother's in bed a lot. She's often confused. A lot of activity. I can see her eyes darting back and forth. She doesn't understand. This is a woman who used to be totally involved in her care. You know, she might talk to me about it, or she might not. She made decisions up until the day she had the stroke." And the decisions were usually pretty good. I mean, she was very thoughtful about what she did and how she did it. And and so she... So the woman comes in. There's already a lot of us in the room. There's already a lot of activity, which can be a little bit disconcerting for my mother. <coughs> and she comes in. She starts talking about how we have to do something about this and how it has to be taken care of now. And, uh, you know, she's concerned. She's had all these falls. And... Yeah, I had talked to her about this. This is an ongoing issue, and we had talked about it. <coughs> and you see, assisted living isn't, you know, the word assisted, you, know, you think the two words together, assisted living. Think about that. I mean, in my mind, you would think for the for the, the, the newbie or for someone who doesn't have, in the situation, you think that their people who live there are going to get Assistance and live while living there. Well, assisted living means that they check on you. They have a dining room. Uh, if they will give you your medications, you're not allowed to have any medications in your room with And they technically monitor you, but they can't be there all the time. They're not a nursing home. They say that they don't have all the uh, staffing. Uh, which, you know, my mother's going to fall no matter where she is. Why? What's going to be any different? She's going to get up. She's going to fall. She's going to slip off the chair unless they restrain her, which is illegal, so they can't do that. So she comes in, and a week before she had said, "Oh, I'm going to do everything I can to keep your mother in the living. I understand. We're going to do everything. We're going to provide check. We're going to check more frequently. I think she said at that time we're going to check every every hour at least, or every some half hour hour." And, uh, you know, there was no talk of anything else. And I was aware that if things really deteriorated, she may have to move to the nursing home, which I really didn't want. I would probably supplement her care with having someone with her pay for uh, uh, more caregivers. So this woman comes stomping in, and I was like, I, I, you know, for me, I was sitting in the chair, and I was just, I, it was a little, it was, it was even overwhelming for me, and I didn't have a stroke, and I'm not dying. So, I thought, whoa. So she left, and I thought, I, you know, I talked to the doctor some more, who kind of rolled her eyes and said, that that, oh, that was weird. We all agreed that was weird. But it's, you know, those things can be weird in is the wedding. And so, well, in institutions, that's what happens sometimes in institutions. You get crazy people. So my mother... So long story short... Then I get this message uh, that the director of nursing wants to see right away. Well, I just didn't run down there. I get in there, and she says, she starts talking to me like we have to do something right away. And then she says, well, I called the ombudsman. What? I said, what are you talking about? And I want to have a conference call. I said, no, because I knew right then that something was off. Because then what she didn't realize is that the ombudsman, and this is what I want everybody to know, the ombudsman is somebody, is there, is a federal program that's there to advocate for residents. They're not there to advocate for for this institution. And they're actually not there to advocate for families. They'll They'll listen, but their focus is the, their focus is the, is the is the is is the patient is the resident? So I I I, I sort of I couldn't believe it because basically what she did was saying that I was not caring enough for my mother, taking care of what had to be taken care of. So so she had called essentially the state, which was crazy because I had hospice, I had geriatric care manager. I had a caregiver. I had extra caregivers coming on, and you know what? It was, it was crazy. But she wanted to move her downstairs. So I said, get, you know, so I said I'm going to call. I, I, she wanted me to do a conference call right there, and I said, no way. This is a setup. I don't know what's going on here. This is not the ombudsman's I know, because the ombudsman's I know are pretty wild and crazy. I mean, they're they're like totally focused on the resident, and they don't listen to. I mean, they'll listen to the director of nursing, but they—I can't tell you when you get a good ombudsman, which I haven't met a bad one yet. They're like the director of nursing and the administrators of assisted living and nursing homes. They—they they start shaking. The—I the, the, always I say the buildings start shaking when 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 they come into view. So, so I called the ombudsman and the ombudsman. I—I—I I, I had all my armor up, and the ombudsman said to me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me your thought. Tell me the story. This doesn't sound right. I and just, Again, she told me, I'm there for the resident. So we, she said, Do you want to meet? with? you want me to come over there? And I thought, oh, I thought, the, you know, the direct nurse said you weren't available. She oh, no, no, I'll come over. So she came over. We sat down, and this woman was extraordinary. She was the, an incredible mediator. And she, she said to the director of nursing, what what will be different to move her downstairs, to move her to the nursing home? And really, there would have been nothing. And and this woman just very methodically went through every little thing. She and this is, was really interesting. One thing she kept saying is residents have rights. Residents have rights. And one of the rights is to live with dignity and to live with dignity at risk. And that my mother has the right to fall. And let's do things that we let's put things in place. She is because she's dying and on hospice, and we want her to maintain her dignity during this process. So what we did, and I, I don't think the director of nursing was very happy because she didn't get what she wanted. As a matter of fact, the the um, was like, wait a minute, you're not moving this woman. We're going to get her a low bed, which you can get. We're going to mm-hmm. get um, we're going to get you a low bed. We're going to have the staff check every 10 minutes during the day and every 20 minutes at night. And we're going to get an alarm on the bed. If my mother gets up, they'll hear it, which we got a waiver from the state. And I hired an aide at night when my mother has the worst problem, 12 hours a day. Even though the ombudsman felt I didn't really need to do that, I felt I needed to do it for check. So if I hadn't had that ombudsman, I was upset because I didn't think it was necessary to involve. We could have really worked this out. But this is something that you have to realize when you're dealing with assisted living and all these institutions, is that they're looking out for themselves. They're not looking out for anybody else. And this is a continued problem. So until I'm going to, I am going to continue this story tomorrow uh, because it's a continuing saga. And I think I'm going to put more time on for tomorrow. And, uh, but this is a really important, I want you to remember the ombudsman, every single state has one, every state. and you should use it when you can. So, keep, so thank you for listening. I'm very grateful. I just want to tell you that I feel that it's been resolved as best it can. And, um, Again, remember this word, the You and you always find it in the Department of Health. And every state has one. And they, every state has regional areas where the person is trained to go in there for the resident. And that's the key. All right. Until next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.